Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, good morning, everybody. <laughs> we just, we just, uh, if we if we had the mics open, uh, well, y'all might tune out. Huh? <laughs> I don't know, but we, we do have a good time on and off the show. And uh, just sitting out there in the heat this morning, uh, wait for Gerald to come. Gerald came right along, and we... He's normally now, about 15 minutes early. But we spent about 20 minutes trying to get um, Rufus a Dr. Pepper, and we never did succeed. We we had to get him a Coca-Cola. Yeah, I got a Coca-Cola. <laughs> I like my Dr. Peppers. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know. I really didn't know there was such a big run on Dr. Peppers, but I guess they're they're more popular than I thought. Well, the, the story behind that Dr. Pepper is I have it in my book. Well, I yeah. stole my daddy's car that time, and uh, state wildlife resources car, oh, yeah. and they were off somewhere, and I dressed up in that uh, wildlife uniform, strapped a badge on, had a gun <laughs> hanging down to my ankles. <laughs> I was about 13 years old. I was going to go catch me some violators. <laughs> I backed that thing out and went about 50 yards and hit the ditch. And I said, oh, Lordy, my time has come. Oh, oh, oh come angel band around me stand. <laughs> my, my day is sinking fast. And I thought, what am I going to do? And well, all of a sudden I heard this truck coming. Is my neighbor Bill Gregg, who drove a Dr. Pepper truck, and he he took a logging chain and pulled me out. And I always, since that time, have favored Dr. Pepper because he <laughs> dearly saved my life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I bet that I bet that car had a kick to it. Then it did it have well, a big no, engine? It, it was an old 1952 Ford <clears throat> Forward with one of those antennas on it. Yeah. You mean it didn't have a big engine? It didn't have. Well, my I, daddy didn't drive. I figured well. it got away from me. I mean, that would that would make an even better story, Rufus. Uh, yeah, you punched it and it went sideways. <laughs> I just hit dug it a the ditch. ditch. I headed for the ditch. <laughs> Good old Bill Gregg, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Hey, uh, my my son and daughter in law and and grandsons went to the mountains yesterday, and it when I was. Sitting in ninety three degree heat yesterday, it was seventy three at Banner Elk. Oh, great. so that looked promising. <clears throat> Maybe they'll go to Ragazzi's while they're there. I don't know if they're uh, I, they're somewhere. I b- do believe they're somewhere around Beach Mountain. So yeah. that's is that uh, a, a new restaurant? No, there? that's uh, no, I, I didn't mean that. I meant Sorrento's. Sorrento's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Italian, yeah. It's good food. I like that. I like Stonewalls. Stonewalls is a steakhouse yeah. there in Banner Elk, and the uh, the Banner Elk Cafe is good for breakfast. Oh, I haven't eaten anything breakfast. else. Oh yes. So, yeah. Well, we wish for cool, and here's what we got. But I'm looking at the forecast. It looks like mostly 80s after our cold front comes through sometime middle week. But we'll see how that forecast works out. I believe we all start all to start doing rain dances. Yeah, we were we were talking about off the air that it is starting starting to get a little drier again. I mean, the the ninety some degree heat is is certainly not helping. It just sucks the moisture right out of the ground. Right, 
when it's and that hot. So do you all have uh, an elaborate sprinkler system on the Centennial campus? Uh, Gerald Adams, yeah. by the way, is with us, and so is is uh, the great one, uh, Mr. Edmonston, Rufus Edmonston. Uh no, <laughs> yeah. We most all of our turf is is irrigated, and I do. We do have a few beds that yeah. are irrigated, but we do a lot of hand hand watering, mm. and that's been uh, in in great demand. <laughs> How do we hand water properly? Well, you're talking about with a hose. Yeah, we 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 actually have a it's a utility vehicle that has a 200 gallon tank on it. Uh, mm. that, that so it makes it we can who get is to, in charge of filling up that tank uh the well it takes about uh takes about 20 minutes <laughs> for it to to fill up uh and it takes about because you're going from location to location takes <clears> about <throat> an hour and 15 to 20 minutes to empty it going from bed to bed but that doesn't I, sound like a bad job well you can show up Monday anytime <laughs> after six o'clock, and we'll we'll give you a, we'll give you a try on it and no, see. No, I rather stay in the air conditioning thing. <laughs> How that goes? It's not as bad when you get an early start. That yeah. is true because it is 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 a little cooler there. But a, a lot of people um, put too much water at the time and let it run off without soaking in. Now, uh-huh. most all of what we're watering, well, all of what we're watering are. Or flower beds, and we've got them raised up some, so they will drain better. <clears throat> but that flip side of draining better, if you you know you're putting the water out with too much pressure, sometimes it can run before soaking in, and you think you've put out a lot of water, but the plants have not been able to take up a lot of the water yet. And I'm I'm telling you, from it, it it's dry at least in our stretch. You know, I look at the radar all the time, and I've seen that band that goes. Uh, lower southern durham towards wake forest and i mean i we have people that i work with that have been i don't know how many times in the last four to six weeks got a half inch got <clears> a <throat> inch of rain and rain one drop uh at uh right through downtown raleigh or you know through the university or 21 21 like we were not far from rufus's house too as i might point out so you you know things are just uh, it's been one of those years where you can't, you know, our triangle region's not in a drought, but there's some parts of the triangle that have not had a lot of rain. Uh, and unfortunately, if that affects you, <laughs> you're the one you, mm-hmm. you know, well, yeah, yay for the other people, but woe right. is me. Yeah. Well, Gerald, while, while we're at it, let me ask you and some of the, our listeners too. My fig trees are loaded, but for about a month and a half, they have stayed at thumb, thumb size. Is that the weather? I think it's the heat. Uh, I, I've had a number of emails or texts the last probably two and a half weeks about tomatoes being discolored. You know, it was supposed to be a pure red tomato, but it would have kind of like some orange splotches in it or something. And, and that's the heat that, call, that causes that. And it is, it's, it's the same with fruit production as well. Hopefully, we will get some relief and that can adjust but i heard them in fact on the news one day this week mike coming to work uh the triangle area typically has uh 43 days that are 90 or above and monday or tuesday was day 44 (laughs) this Mm. year already so uh, i mean it's surprising how much difference having 92 or 3 or 4 weather is versus having 85 degree weather as far as how it really dries out the ground and forces into plants or just really get needy 
Plus all the humidity. That's right. Well, that, that, that's a that makes it unbearable when you're out there working and then as a disease haven for so many things, too. Yeah. I mean, you just feel like you can't breathe. So uh, be careful if you're working <clears throat> at the yard. And uh, there, are, there are plenty of things you can, you can still be doing in the landscape, even during this heat, if, you, if you're able to start in the morning or late in the afternoon. The watering is much better in the morning than in, in the late afternoon or evening because it's, um, that is a real disease uh, process it's, it's a disease issue, it, and I ran when I was messing around growing uh, tomatoes actually in the greenhouse, producing fruit. A tomato plant, for instance, takes up almost zero water after the sun set. Uh, so when you're watering them in the greenhouse, we had little you know emitters that go to each individual uh, plant, and we would have them run six or seven times during the day, and then after 5 o'clock in the afternoon, they didn't run anymore to about six o'clock the next morning, uh, so it, it's uh, you need to have that water there when the plants are calling for it. Is that a photosynthesis type thing? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's a like. Uh, well, I've gone to sleep. I don't need it. Atypically at night is cooler, so you wouldn't you wouldn't be as thirsty uh, anyway as in the heat of the day. So when you water them first thing in the morning, you've got the water there when the plant is, is calling right. for it. And the <clears throat> once it starts producing fruit, it'll be calling for more <laughs> water. Well, I've been uh, always noticing that August gets to be sort of the dog days of August and your plants don't do as well. And, and I have come to the conclusion that annual bedding plants are to avoid them during this time because they just don't hold up as well as, say, zinnias that you can plant in the ground easy, cleome, uh, Mexican sunflower, tall flocks. Uh, it, it's just a much bigger water job if you have only uh, annual bedding plants. Well, the, and, and the part of the reason for that is you've planted a plant the 1st of May and you have to get it established, so that's you know sixty days to do that. And now, wham, you're in this kind of hot weather. I mean, that the plant has such a short life. First of May to, well, we usually rotate out for the fall annuals first of October, but that plant would live you know summer annual until a frost got it, say Halloween or early November. Uh, but you know it, they're growing at such a rapid rate, uh, and it, it's. Uh, there are lots and lots of flowers. Even some of your perennials that when you get into the kind of hot weather they had, they just quit producing the blooms. It's all they can do to stay alive, so they're not going to uh, make <clears throat> many blooms. I mean, there's uh, lots of flowering plants that you see, a lot of annuals, and some perennials, you know, that latter part of July through the latter part of August, they just they may not quit blooming, but blooming nowhere near what they were at the first of summer. Then when the weather breaks, they'll take back off and go to blooming again. That is if you keep them alive yeah. <laughs> through, I'll tell you through that hot weather. Work really well in hot weather consistently at our church, for instance, uh, planted in mass, and it really looks good as Vinca. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Vinca will do well. Not the vine. But no, the, the annual Vinca. The only problem is you have to be leery if you plant it year after year after year in the same spot of soil because it is one of the plants that can, is prone to some of the root rots. So it, uh, it's one of those that we, I try to always rotate it and never come back to back to back summers. 
<clears throat> with it, but uh, it, it's one. Lantana is another one that holds up yeah. re- really well, far as being able to get by with less water and still keep producing blooms. And you can you can buy time. really small versions. Yes, of that yes. Now. Uh, the the there, I don't know, three or four different series now that they only get fifteen to eighteen inches tall and maybe a little bit wider than that. I've uh, never gotten the Chapel Hill variety. Mm-hmm winter over they, no it's just more of a less yeah annual. and, and there you you know it's funny you'll talk to 10 people and there'll be two that have got it to parentalize it's like if you can have one mild winter to get it to come back the first time then maybe it'll come back after that but but ham and eggs is 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 extremely reliable it's a three to four miss four. huff miss huff is the most reliable of all but yeah. you know it gets so big that you you got to have the right place to it sure does. To, to put it I got some about six feet tall. Yeah, yeah. I create a jungle out of my yard every year, and then you've got these dead stalks, and you don't you don't want to. They're hollow, so you don't want to start messing with cutting them. Not too early. Yeah, yeah. I always wait until until I start seeing some green coming out, and that takes a while. I mean, it really has to. the ground has to warm up. You got to deal with ugly in life a little bit here. Yeah, we got it. We have to deal with ugly a lot in our lives. So. You know, Gerald, when I, I first fell in love with Cleomy, I was driving out of the mansion a few years ago when you were still over there, and right out front, you had had some huge Cleomies, mm-hmm. and I said, I like that thing. I'd never, I wasn't accustomed to it. Now, if you want something to spread. <laughs> yeah, and that's the <laughs> only negative thing about it. When you plant it, you know that you're going. it's going to self-seed, and you're going to have it yeah. there, and you're going to have it some other places. One it's little, pretty reliable. One little seed pod might have 100 seeds in it. Yeah. Now, another plant that I love that is the same way is 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I love those plants, and they've got new varieties now that have, uh, rather than your only white and only red, uh, striped and other things, but... You can always you can always pull up plants. Right. That's you can thin them out. So and, that's and they not seem so to be extremely uh, drought retol- uh, tolerant. The uh, four o'clocks, and they actually do bloom around four o'clock. Well, I have beside the side door that goes into my house. I have the Rufus four o'clock, as I call it, because it's the white ones. You gave me one. I don't know how many years ago. And they've self seeded and come back every yeah. year for I don't yeah. know ten you, years. You probably. can treat them as a as a perennial because <laughs> that that stalk is if you've ever dug one up, that's got a sweet potato type <laughs> root on it or a tuber, and I think that thing comes back on its own. Uh, you you usually unless you have a mild winter, it, it'll sprout. But it it is possible. You know, we've had a, a few winters in the last five or six years where we didn't have a lot of really cold cold weather and especially something planted up close to a foundation where it gets that little bit of warmth off the brick uh can can make enough difference for it to come back but it, it it's a it, it's it's a fabulous plant and there's all kinds of colors available now yeah 919-860-9783 919-860-WPTF you're listening to the weekend gardener you know it was it was a little bit overcast out there. I I checked the radar and boy the the rain is still There were in eleven Virginia. drop eleven drops on my windshield when I went to get in the truck a while ago. Oh, you had some drops? Uh, yeah, it was 11 drops. Wow, well, <laughs> by golly. So the, the asphalt won't wet, but in one little tiny spot, and well, I, I, wet's not the right word, 
damp doesn't even. Oh, that's when <laughs> you should have stopped and start doing the rain dance. Oh. Huh. How about you? Did you see any rain, Rufus? Not an ounce. Not <laughs> one drop. <laughs> All right. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up here on WPTF. It's 823. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on WPTF for the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here, along with uh, my friend Rufus Edmiston, former Secretary of State and Attorney General and Deputy Chief Counsel in the Senate Watergate Committee, and uh, Brother Gerald Adams, who who uh, helps handle. Uh, you're you're sort of in charge, but you got you do have someone over you. I ain't in charge of nothing. <laughs> you ain't in charge. You don't want to be in charge I, of nothing. I, I got some people re- that report to me, and that's that's about it. All right, but it's a big it's a big yeah. space, and we have students will be coming back soon. We're Centennial getting ready campus. for moving in the largest freshman class in NC State history. Yeah. Over five thousand keeps so. getting bigger and bigger, and there are uh, there are dorms on Centennial campus, aren't they? Uh, Are they for graduate students or? Well, there is no. There's uh, Wolf Ridge, which is a series of build. I think there's over two thousand <clears throat> can uh, can stay stay there. I also look after uh, Avent Ferry Complex, which is on Avent Ferry Road, right up at the intersection with Western Boulevard. That's also on my beat there. Mm. Um, I got to go a few weeks ago on a tour of the new plant sciences building that opened up back in April. And it's got this state-of-the-art greenhouse up on where they're going to do research on top of on the roof. And that's just, you know. And you said, I want one. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, maybe you can I don't know how many. I don't know how many it. million it costs, but it's probably going to be a while before I have them. But, I mean, they literally have got it in compartments, and they can control everything from temperature to air coming in and out. And, I mean, it's it's – now, what's the difference the between line. that one that's on the Centennial campus and uh, Commissioner Troxler's building? I thought that was plant sciences, but I guess I'm getting well. No, this up. is the at at the uh, they've moved plant sciences. This was a new building, and I, and I'm from what was on old campus. Uh-huh. So th- this is uh, not a classroom. It's got labs. All, all throughout right. it in there. Yeah. There's also a wing that the U.S. Department of Agriculture has uh, some stuff in as well. So all of this this building is about research uh, from agriculture stuff up and down. Uh, I don't know which chancellor came up with the idea of the Centennial Campus, or if it was a chancellor, if it was the trustees or someone. Well, it was really a man over there, and I can't think of his name. He he drove a convertible Chevrolet. I remember that. Claude, Claude, it was his his idea, and then the university adopted it. Somebody will help me out there. First name was Claude. Hmm. Uh, well, Jim Hunt gave the first block of land to him, and then Martin gave – yeah, I got, got it yeah. approved for the second second yeah. block. I mean, this goes way back. Is this a, Centennial Campus is a thousand acres, and mm. two two hundred of that is the Lonnie Pool Golf Course. Yeah, I, I remember when I was on the Council of State. I remember voting for that, and I was happy to do so because at one time, if you recall, Gerald and Mike, uh, there was a proposal to put an oil recycling plant right down there in the corner below the farmers market, 
And I fought that just like his. I do not I remember that, but uh, <laughs> oh, it would have been. Thank you for that. Would have been disastrous. Yeah, yeah. Look at what we got now. And close to your house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And not just not speaking well, here of that. Goes my well. <clears throat> but just think of of uh, what the Centennial Campus has done to get rid of kudzu, because there used to be a lot of kudzu along there. Well, we've had with that's had some particular attention this year. We we we've had a had to bring in an outside person to, to spray a bunch, and they must have. Spent. I thought you were talking about bringing in some goats. No, well, the hard for them to get up and way up in them trees. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's figure out something to do about wisteria, the bane of my existence. Well, I don't know. <clears throat> it uh, it sure is pretty. I see people growing a different type. It's probably not an invasive type. There's almost a, as a little tree. I th- think it well there is I won't, it's the american wisteria i want to say it's it may amethyst fall something falls it's not as crazy growing but the the panicles the blooms are smaller still the same color but it, you can control it you can control it on an arbor where the chinese wisteria just you know take over are you still having world. trouble in your oh absolutely <clears throat> on, an, on an arbor but my dear wife on the spraying deal she uh Took care of everything on the arbor. Oh, okay. So I, well, I'm, nice. I'm putting Confederate jasmine on yeah. it now. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to condemn your wife. <laughs> bless her heart. I, I know she feels bad about that. <laughs> yes, she did. About the damage there. Well. She got mixed up on what Roundup does. Yeah. That well, every, she, didn't, she didn't actually spray it. No, she, she <clears> directed somebody yeah. to do it that. She was trying to help you out. Yeah, she sure was. <laughs> All right, well, let's go somewhere else. Safer. <laughs> uh, okay. 919-860-9783. 919-860-WPTF. Why don't we talk about the tomatoes that Gerald brought in this morning? Gerald, you you brought some stripies, and, and I, what are all those things called? I got a selection of things here this morning. I've I brought a Mr. Stripey in. I've got German Johnson, Cherokee Chocolate, Orange Blossom, Pink Berkeley Tie Dye, Gerald's Lightning. Good, uh, good tomato, good tomato. Uh, a newish cross, Ferris wheel crossed with striped sweetheart. Uh, a new mutation I have found. I call Hodge Road. And then I've got a mutation of Little Henry, which is... Little Henry! This is a yellow version of Little Henry, where the original Little Henry is red with some little orange stripes in it. Does Little Henry like to eat uh, tomatoes? Uh, He will eat. He is starting where he will eat them. And then I've got some uh, Sindad Victoria, which is Mexico Midget. That's a a gumdrop there. Uh, Yeah. Well, you you mind if I try that little Henry? You tried a little Henry, but keep in mind it's extremely juicy when you bite into it. Well, so, yeah, you don't so want to get on. So that, don't spit seeds across the shirt you console got on there. to. Well, I, I, I wore a red shirt today for all you NC State. People. I appreciate <laughs> it. It looks very strange on you, a red yeah. shirt. Well, I thought I would sort of shock you. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to bite into this thing and keep my mouth closed. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, you know they are be really careful. juicy for that size fruit. Mm. <laughs> Man, is that good? Yeah, I know. It's like a Bob Garner moment. So that's a dwarf plant. <laughs> that plant is only about 
less than right at four foot tall now, and I've probably picked 150 tomatoes off of it. And to top it all, he brought all of these tomatoes in a nab box. Yes. (laughs) Rufus thought he was getting a whole box of nabs. Yeah. But how does it taste, Rufus? It's wonderful. It's it's tangy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you, Henry and you have a website. What is that? We do. It's GeraldineHenrysPlants.com. Uh, we, I've getting ready to put up some more greenhouses, so we'll have even more plants next spring. Dad gum. That you outgrew the space I've got already. So we're gonna. I'm gonna about quadruple my size, my capacity. Now, what what actual job does Henry have in this operation? Well, so far, uh, Henry has primarily been in PR. He would make an appearance usually on Saturdays at the farmer's market when I was selling plants and smile Uh to people and wave. uh, What does he call you? Thank you. G-Daddy. G-Daddy. Well, the folks at the farmer's market told me he was a supervisor. Well, he is because I do pretty much what he says. He's in charge. Well, let me tell you about a wonderful tomato that last time Gerald was here, he didn't bring it. He, he gave me a plant. Awesome is the name of the dwarf plant. Yeah, yeah. dwarf awesome. And it gives a, a huge yellow uh, tomato that will cover a slice of bread almost. Yeah. And I, I, I text Gerald and I said, "This is truly awesome." They had and it, uh, it, easy to easy to grow. Uh, of course, it's now about six feet tall. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as a dwarf tomato. <laughs> no. But awesome is the name of that. So when Gerald puts them up next year, I highly recommend. I'll put on the awesome. bottom, Rufus approved under the sign. You need a variety. I don't have called, to pay for that, do I? You need a variety. <laughs> he needs to branch out. You need a variety called Rufus. Well, I've well got, we've got a hot dog named after I him. i got a cross here we hadn't named yet. You let me know what you think of that cross there because it's, it's in need of a name. Like yeah. it, Rufus. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Big John Ruth brought us some tomatoes that he had grown last week, and Melissa, we had some company in town, and Melissa made a tomato pie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Delicious. Mm. They have a special pastry of that, I think. She probably has a special pastry that goes with it. That's not like like puffed up real big like like a— No, she uses a frozen pie crust. Mm-hmm. For for pies and and for this and it's I, good. I've had some with with green tomatoes before. That's pretty good. Yeah. Tomato pie, just outstanding. Had cheese and onions and I don't know what all, as Andy Griffith would say. But uh, I I highly recommend a a tomato pie in the summertime. But thanks to Big John Roof and and all of the people who can grow tomatoes. <laughs> well, I have to for. Correct statement. Big John did not grow him. He has a neighbor who supplies him with. Now, Narifa, she just the poor. I, I, I'm sorry I had to burst that <laughs> bubble because somebody might ask Big John Ruth about tomatoes, tomato growing, and he's going to have to say, huh? <laughs> we he's him, too busy with it. We with, need him to call in today. With is, yeah, Big John, call, call in today and, and let us know about whether or not you really did grow those tomatoes, or we might even play his song with the, with the, uh, we we might Embers. play a play a little bit of that, yeah. Big John and uh, Sixty Minute Man, yeah. Big John and the Embers. He's got the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. 
All right, uh, Steve is in Garner. Hey, Steve. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't uh, kudzu brought over from China as animal feed? I do not know. It was pasture something, yes. I, I, I don't remember if it originated from China, but it was the Department of Agriculture that brought it. Yeah, that thought and, they and we've gotten a lot of our plants from there. We can blame for it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, but we can also blame them for for beautiful things too. A lot of a lot of beautiful plants that have yeah, come from China and Japan. How come nobody in the thirty forty years that it's been here has developed an animal that likes to eat it? <laughs> Goats do, Steve. But I was told by my former agriculture teacher that it was brought over here to control erosion. It'll sure do that primarily. It'll sure do that. I mean, there was a lot of it out of the Centennial Campus at one point. Now, Steve, goats, they've got these companies that will hire out their goat herd to do things like eat kudzu and wisteria. And I think I need one at at home. I honestly believe that the best way to control it would be naturally with some sort of animal. That's just... Yeah. But we haven't come up with anything other than the goat. So... We'll work on that. Gerald, do you have any in, input on? Uh, no, I, I know I, I read a thing, I think it was down in South Carolina, where they've been trying to er- eradicate it. And one of the successes they've had is covering the, the, the mother clumps of it with black plastic in the wintertime and trying to choke it out that way. But it just spreads so unbelievably fast. And it runs right up any kind of tree you've got. And before you know it, it's, it's everywhere. Kill them. Don't you follow a Gibbs rule and have a pocket knife with you so that you can eat the tomato cleanly? Oh, well, you know, I, Steve, I used to carry a pocket knife all the time, and I had so many taken at airports <laughs> that I don't even carry one nowadays except when I'm strictly at home on the farm. Okay. Just a, just a thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was good a, idea. a small fruit he was eating, about the size of a ping pong uh, ball. Okay. So it's what we would call a log roller back in playing marbles, and <laughs> somebody try to sneak in a log roller, and we say, "Ah, oh, no, we can't do that. No log rollers." Yeah, Phil Campbell gave a uh, sold us a uh, cherry tomato, uh, a golden cherry tomato, and I've gotten seven tomatoes off that plant because. The deer and the raccoons and the squirrels and the rabbits. Yep, they like them. It is their breakfast table. It was probably sun gold. Yeah. Well, Steve, it's like my wife says, they've got to eat too. <laughs> and, that, and that sort of makes me a little bit anguished with her. <laughs> I say, well, they got to eat too, but I do too. Yes, table, not mine. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Well, Steve, how's your health? Chemo is starting to collect on me to where uh, when I have it on uh, Tuesday, the Wednesday and Thursday and Friday after that, I am just totally wiped out. Yeah, I bet so. And then I'm feeling better on uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, but then I start the cycle again, and uh, I think it's doing it. Luckily, in September, I go to once a month instead of once a week. Well, you're certainly sounding better. Yeah, that's what my son said. You sound like you have more energy. Yeah. So that's a good sign. I'm not sounding as uh, 
effeminate as I used to. <laughs> well, I, I, did, I didn't think you did in the first place. It was just you sounded weak. It made me sound like I'm yelling at everybody. That's the thing that bothered me. Okay. Well, that, that's all right. Well, we think about you and say a little prayers for you, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and I really appreciate uh, and what about the State Farmers Market? Who uh, gave us that one weekend is blooming. It's white. Uh, Rose of Sharon? No, a crepe myrtle. That we oh, crepe myrtle, okay. Yeah, at the Farmers Market. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's amazing. It must not be over over three or four feet tall. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it took to the spot that I put it in. Must have. It's blooming really well. That's wonderful. Well, great. That That's a little from... From some uh, seedling somewhere oh. that I dug up at home. Yeah. Yep. It's, you got rid of it, that's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Will you take care, my friend? Guys. Take and, care. Uh, you have a good show. Yeah, thank you so much. I'll call. I'll talk to you. I will see you next week. All right. Yeah, we're, we're supposed to be at the State Farmer's Market next week, yeah, God willing. Sure. Well, I, I will bring a couple of Rosa Sharon's and maybe... Maybe another crepe myrtle for somebody. Yeah. And it, I might even have a magnolia. A magnolia? Now, is this from those huge ones you got out there? Yeah, I just dug up a, a, if you, if a, a limb of a magnolia is within six <laughs> inches of the ground, you know what's going to happen, Gerald. It's, it's going to root. Yep. <laughs> I would say so. All right, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF, more of the Weekend Gardener coming up. Are the embers and big john ruth in honor of his uh his uh, the tomatoes that he apparently didn't grow but he was nice enough to bring to us now rufus i, I was giving him credit i had rufus, to tell on him i had to yeah <laughs> poor john just he believes in a diversity of labor <laughs> let, let, let those who are experts handle things and he will handle his expertise he just drives a cadillac <laughs> a beautiful ride too. I bet so. The seat was—he's—he's he's pretty big boy, and he has to have the seat way down. I couldn't see over the steering wheel. <laughs> no. Well, they don't call him Big John for nothing. He's—he's <laughs> he's the best. Uh, he really is. Well, while we're at it, let's let's do the the Cliff Joyner <laughs> saying of the day. Uh, and my little Edward, <laughs> my little Edward Jones book. I saw him yesterday. <clears throat> he brought you. He brought you the twenty twenty three yeah, version. It's set. already come in. I'm all set now for next year. Yeah. Now this is from old Ben Franklin. He said this: "An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. 
That's pretty good for old Ben. He, he said a lot of it. Yeah, and he said early to bed, early <laughs> to rise. It. He spread it. And I said, I hate two things. I hate going to bed and I hate getting up. <laughs> <laughs> you hate going to bed and you hate getting up? Yeah. Golly. But the, the weekend gardener gets me up, especially when we do those remotes about down Sanford. You know, <laughs> I roll out of the bed about 5 o'clock. Yeah. I like to watch these late late night movies and things. Yeah. And the forensic files. I, I, but see, if we have one down in Sanford or, or Lillington, I can come by and pick you up. Right. Because I'm heading south anyway. <clears throat> We're going to make that a habit. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I may drive a little fast for you, although I didn't last time. Well, uh, you take that from you take that from your daddy, I believe. I, I, I drove very slowly through Kipling going down there in case there was a speed trap. And <laughs> so. that time you got caught when you were headed to Nelson's, uh, you described that to me. You got, you got behind the house mover, didn't you? And oh, you got, I, yeah, but I, I didn't – I mean, I wasn't pulled. Yeah, but you, you did speed through the countryside to get around. I did, I did because I was trying to <clears throat> trying to get to the remote. And as it happened, uh, Nelsa and uh, Big Mike, who was our engineer, had to, had to start the show. <laughs> it's the only time that's happened. We'll be back.